Remember, y'all, the World Economic Forum is just a discussion group. They don't steer policy. We are finding ourselves in a place um, where we're, we have increasing polarization everywhere. And everything feels binary when it doesn't need to be. So I think we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, you know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to, you know, to be free from on- online violence. There's no such thing as online violence, but she said a recalibration of free speech. And basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, some, some folks on our team. It was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. Yeah. And for the, I think it was... Yeah. But that's just Facebook and Zuckerberg. And provided to us documents from the Department of Homeland Security relating to that agency's disinformation board that Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas testified about sitting right there just a few weeks ago. But according to the documents that I have in my hand here that Senator Grassley and I have now made public, the testimony that Secretary Mayorkas gave to this committee under oath, I might add, was in many respects deeply misleading. Deeply misleading. And the information we've now learned about the administration's efforts to track and censor American speech is deeply shocking. And I'd like to take a moment to go through with this whistleblower who I thank for that person's patriotism to go through with these documents disclose. Yeah, but it's not like they're trying to outlaw speech, Jay Inslee. This proposal has raised concerns and questions about the First Amendment and freedom of speech. But Governor Jay Inslee says we have seen what happens when someone lies about an election. This is not just our recent past. It is our future if we do not act. Oh, yeah. He, he did try to make it illegal to question elections. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. It's times such as these that uh, God presents to us the easiest pass-fail test we're ever, ever going to face. If you're on the side that bans speech or suppresses speech um, and censors people, you are not on the side of God because God himself is pro-free speech and pro-responsibility. Thank you to Soda Weight Loss at SodaWeightLoss.com for being partners of the program. Um, there's not a day that goes by now. I don't get a note from someone who's satisfied with the Soda Weight Loss program. And just as I mentioned, I think last hour, I did. Yeah, I had dinner with a loved one who is loving that, SodaWeightLoss.com. Yeah, the, um, the the revelation for a lot of people is the the interview with Joe Rogan and Mark Zuckerberg. And Zuckerberg's people should never again let him sit for something like that. Uh, he, he's given us everything we needed. But there's also this, that the, the figurehead and the people who own the figurehead are so desperate to defend the figurehead uh, buying votes with your money shifting the college debt of doctors and physicians or doctors, physicians, and lawyers onto the backs of people like me who didn't go to college. Well, that's not true. I went and then dropped out. I never took a college loan and most people didn't. It's a massive shell game that exists to benefit Wall Street. Yeah, it does. And we'll talk about that because the desperation of these people, they've, they've now turned to 
Joe Biden is Jesus Christ. Joe Biden's move on college debt is, is, and they're saying literally the same as the Lord Jesus dying on the cross for us. Literally the same. That's not the only thing they're saying. They are so desperate. And it's so amazing because some of these people are pastors. And when you, that's, that's actually taking the Lord's name in vain when you do that. Using his name in a vain sense. So two topics, the <laughs> assertion that Joe Biden is Jesus Christ and Zuckerberg outing the FBI. But let's be mindful. He's not just outing the FBI this weekend. The warrant affidavit was sort of released by the DOJ, the warrant affidavit that they used to justify the search of President Trump's house. And of course, it wasn't really released because they've redacted a whole bunch of that. Try that sometime with your tax records. Just try it. IRS asks you for receipts, redact them. There you go, spending amounts right there. Yeah, but what's the rest of it? I redacted it. Why? No, I don't want you to see it. It's a national security issue. Just, Just try it. Just see if it fits the other way around. John Solomon analyzed the affidavit at Just the News, and guess what they relied on? to go get these documents. Guess guess what their source was this time? Media reports. So the FBI leaks to the Mockingbird media what they think Trump has. The Mockingbird media reports it. The FBI uses that as evidence to go in front of a judge. Where have we heard that song and dance before? Oh yeah, FISA court. When the FBI lied to the FISA court twice. And one person is paying a minor penalty on that for falsifying an email. That's called forgery. Uh, It's far bigger than the FBI and Mark Zuckerberg. Far bigger. Up to and including the point of trying to make trying to make the case that a senile, lifelong grifting old man who is being run around by handlers, which is absolutely obvious he's being run around by handlers, taking money from people who didn't go to college, giving it to people who did go to college, all to benefit Wall Street is the same exact thing as the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Same exact thing. We'll give you and I'll give you the examples. Let's start with Zuckerberg and Joe Rogan. And man, Joe, great, great, great interview. How do you guys handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York Post. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically the background here is the FBI, I think basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team. I was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have... It on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation. We we also third. Let's stop for a second. If something's reported to us as misinformation, uh, important misinformation, let's stop that for a second. What is unimportant misinformation? What is important information? Who would make such decisions? He leans on the third-party fact-checking groups who have the uh, a, a same opinion as the FBI because they're party members. As you're listening to this, he's referencing the FBI. But as you're listening to this, remember what they did with COVID? Remember what they do with gender? Remember that they have just banned libs of TikTok, permanently banned them from Facebook for simply sharing videos from Boston's Children's Hospital where they admitted that they do hysterectomies on little girls. 
to make money and because they're eugenicists and they're, they're, they're transhumanists in my judgment. That's what they are. I mean, they're doing this, the, the procedures. My judgment of their motive is that. Let's remember that. Let's remember that questions of election integrity were blocked. Okay, let's remember that Facebook and Twitter have both announced that they're going to do this again coming up. So let's remember that this is not just Hunter Biden at all by a long shot. Party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution is decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. Craig Parshall is an attorney um, in Washington D.C. He he works to defend the rights of Christian groups. He is husband of Janet Parshall, my favorite Christian radio host. And Janet does a program called In the Market. Craig Parshall did an analysis of this over the past five years. What he says there, Zuckerberg, is partially true. Fact check. But it drops the distribution of the article by as much as 80%. And let's remember that we there were polls released from Democrats, uh, polling Republicans and Democrats. Democrats said they wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden had they known what was in the Hunter Biden piece. This is an election integrity issue because this is the rigging of an election by the FBI in concert with Zuckerberg. They never do these things to people on the left. So- Fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely... By what percentage? I, I don't know. If it's 80% according to Craig Parshall. Top of my head. But it's 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 meaningful. But 80%. I mean, but basically, a, um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously, this is a hyper-political issue. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censor it way too much. But, just right. it. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution. In this okay, that's a political statement. You view that thing as political, as, as legitimate? That's become a political statement. Not through us, but through the FBI. This country, it's like very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, no, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was, it basically fit the pattern. It fit the pattern, the pattern. Uh, the pattern is the party. Tech finance, academia, the mockingbird media, big pharma and the deep state. That's the pattern. This is so far bigger than anything related to the Hunter Biden story. Hunter Biden, that story is a symptom of a greater disease that has been injected into the United States of America. A far, far bigger disease. And what they intend to do with this disease is so utterly shocking that people just can't believe it. In the separate country of Washington state, that dictator, Jay Inslee, actually did try to make it a crime for a public official to question an election. That's the same dictator who spent years pretending that President Trump was not, was not elected. The same dictator who mouthed the words selected, not elected with President George W. Bush. Where is Mitch McConnell? He's right where he wants to be in the center of the party. Getting ready to throw a midterm because Mitch will not run on the issues that will win. Mitch still wants to talk about the economy as the people who run Joe Biden have drained our oil reserves, strategic oil reserves, to bring prices down as BlackRock has temporarily stopped their obsession with carbon credits, 
has temporarily stopped their obsession with ESG, uh, ESG scores. They've temporarily stopped it leading up into the midterms. So all of this is so much bigger than Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden being simply a symptom. And it is so big and we so we have to remember the scope of this. The party intends to make sure that no one who questions the party works in government and they got away with it with the injections and the mandates. And the masks, they fired gobs of people because they refused to take the knee to the party. This is Kathy Hochul, who is the dictator of New York. She was put in place after they got rid of Cuomo, Andy Cuomo, not because he got people killed with COVID, because he did, but because he was a creep to women, which a lot of Democrat politicians, males, tend to be. We also talked about, I mentioned social media a number of times. I've called upon and working closely with our attorney general to identify what's going on in social media. Those questions are now part of our background checks. Uh, just like in the old days, you'd talk to someone's neighbor. Uh, now you can talk to their neighbors online and find out whether or not this person has been spouting uh, you know, philosophies that indicate that they have been radicalized. And that's how we protect our citizens as well. Yeah, protect our citizens by making sure that people with diverse opinions never serve in Probably sound like a glitch there in government serve. I'm an old fashioned guy. This is so much bigger than Hunter Biden. And Hunter Biden is a symptom of it. Here's what we are to believe. It's only the FBI. They only made suggestions. But here's what we observe. Facebook took orders from the CDC, from the FDA. And then we're told by Secretary Mayorkas, who's a proven liar, the same guy who says our southern border is secure, that the whole disinformation board that Nina Jankowitz, that insane lady, and why do I call her insane? Well, because she has, uh, she sings fetish porn songs about having sex with Harry Potter or the actor who plays Harry Potter because she sings songs about wanting to be infamous and famous uh, that the lady comes across as mentally unbalanced. This is Mayorkas and Josh Hawley. Mayorkas was saying, oh, it's it's just a working group of the disinformation board. The disinformation board is necessary, this memorandum says, because of those who question election integrity, because of those who have questions about January 6th. So now we get to the nub of it. We see that, in fact, this disinformation board from the beginning was meant to track and go after political speech that this administration did not favor. And for an executive department to do that, and frankly, to mislead this committee about it, is deeply, deeply disturbing, and it's wrong. I mean, it's just plain wrong. As we look through the documents, you see that what the secretary told the committee about the disinformation board's operation is just not true. He repeatedly told this committee that the disinformation board would be just a working group just a working group. That's not what the documents say. No, the documents don't show that because the working group, this is the Department of Homeland Security, was out in Silicon Valley, was having conversations with Facebook. I'm going to say this again. We have everything we need to sue the media and tech. We have everything we need to sue them for using our money to censor us because Facebook gets money from the intelligence services. Twitter gets money from them where there was so much COVID money spread around. A lot of it came from the federal government that there's your hook. You took our money. We get to see how you employed it. All it would take would be a single. Well, there you go. A Republican politician willing to go to that step. There's sound and fury, and then there's action. And we don't even get sound and fury from Mitch McConnell on this. Kevin McCarthy put out a tweet, you guys. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy put out a tweet that said, this is outrageous. Hmm. When the God of the universe himself is pro-speech, pro-free speech. Hey. He could stop us from lying. He could make it impossible for our mouths 
to 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 speak lies. He could do that anytime he wanted to. Anytime he wanted to, he could make our brains incapable of coveting or or experiencing lust. Anytime the Lord wanted to do that, he could make that happen. But he doesn't. Because he's pro-freedom and pro-responsibility. We have a government that puts itself in a position of having more power than God himself keeps for himself. That is an ungodly proposition. And speaking of ungodly, <laughs> oh my gosh, watching the left, the leftist portion of the party pretend that Joe Biden is the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the Messiah, the savior of mankind. Uh, this, the, the desperation here. It's entertaining, and I don't normally get entertained by politics. It's just too serious, but this this is entertaining. I got a note uh, from Alan's dad. Um, you know, Alan's Artisan Soaps, alansoaps.com slash Todd, A-L-A-N-S soaps.com slash Todd. Um, young Alan is headed up for surgery tomorrow. Um, Alan is not the mascot of the company. Alan is the chief soap officer. Why? Because he invents a lot of the incredibly unique scents of soap. Lilac Applewood is the newest. There is pure, which is unscented completely. You know about the other scents, I think, unless you're new to the podcast. You know that my favorite is Cedarwood Jasmine. And my wife and daughter have just taken to the, uh, the, the Applewood. That's, that's their favorite beyond compare. I don't know that anything can compete with it, but that's a challenge to young Alan. There's lavender rosemary. These are all made in the United States. They're all small batch. Alan is involved in the creation of these, the quality control of these. Alan is 12. I've told you about his autism, that he can't form full sentences speaking. Uh, he can write things like he created a Steven Crowder table saying, change my mind. That was, that was good. Uh, he's very joyful. He's having surgery. And this is one in a many, a long line of surgeries that the young man has to go through, um, including get to parts of his spine fused. His, his dad, John, was joking that Alan is going to come back four inches taller from this. Uh, he might well. He might well. Uh, I want to leave you with this thought that, that there's the soap company, alansoaps.com slash Todd. You get 10% off at that website, everything they sell, alansoaps.com slash Todd. Then there's the young man. So rather than maybe, maybe even rather than buy soap today, would you just say a prayer that the doctors who work in this surgery will be given great wisdom, that the Holy Spirit will be with Alan and with the doctors and that they will guide the hands. The, the Holy Spirit will guide the hands, the physicians in their minds, and that young Alan will wake from this surgery uh, in greater health. The pain will follow. He knows that. He's been through many of these. Um, and that the Lord Jesus himself will be there with young Alan and with the doctors and with the family. And that we pray for a full and speedy recovery and a great great change in how Alan feels. I think that's maybe more important than soap today. In fact, I know it is. Not that Alan wouldn't welcome some soap sales. That'd be a great gift to wake up. Hey, by the way, while you're, ah, that's a joke. This is a woman uh, who calls herself April a joy. She's a podcaster. Uh, she says, bold of Christians to be mad about student debt forgiveness while professing a faith that is literally based on forgiving debts. The faith is not based upon forgiving debts. Forgiveness is part of what we're called to do. Joe Biden hasn't forgiven debts. They're not his to forgive. Joe Biden has indebted others. A huge difference. Now, if she was just one joker on Twitter, so be it. But she's not just one joker on Twitter. This is a coordinated, distributed response. And this guy gets to call himself a pastor. 
So he's one of those progressive pastors, meaning not really a pastor. His name is John Pavlovitz. He's an author. He's got a couple hundred thousand followers on Twitter. He's got himself a beautiful blue check. Quote, conservative Christians are fully enraged at student loan forgiveness. He uses the hashtag because he wants the attention. Missing the irony that their entire professed religion is based on the idea of a canceled debt. Way to lose the plot, kids. The debt's not been canceled, Johnny. The debt has been given to others, John. That's not canceling anything. We can't cancel debts. As a government, Joe Biden doesn't have the legal authority to do this. But this metaphor is fully distributed. This is a guy named Zach Lambert. Zach is part of Restore Austin. And Austin, Texas, is people who live there know is being made into Seattle. It's made into Portland and San Francisco using the same exact tactics. In ports, homeless people, let them take drugs, then let them take serious drugs like narcotics, then make it illegal to sweep the camps, then force hotels to take them in, etc. Same exact method because this is a Maoist approach. The leftist portion of the party views taking the country down along the lines of Mao Zedong. They look at cities as city states. That's why there's my beloved state of Idaho better get a handle on Boise. You had better rein them in. And there's lots of ways to do that, starting with Brad Little waking the heck up, Brad. A lot of these other, these other red states, they look at your cities as city states. That's where Biden is importing voters in the form of illegal immigrants that will be allowed to vote. This is all part of this. So this guy, Zach, is part of Restore Austin. There's a very famous meme that goes around. It's this, this two-button meme. You've seen it. A button on the left, a button on the right, and then the person sweating to make a decision. The button on the life, left says, the Bible is literal. The button on the right says, God is against debt forgiveness. This is how they are taught to view this. And it's part of the theft of Christianity, of the knowledge of what is actually in the Bible, that they get away with this stuff. But this guy that gets to pretend, well, he gets to call himself a pastor. He's earned that title, but he's not a pastor. His name is John Pavlovitz. Let's examine this from a, a, a perspective of actual of, of, an, of the actual respect for the Bible. John, John writes, conservative Christians are fully enraged at student loan forgiveness, missing the irony that their entire professed religion, it's not a professed religion, John, uh, is based on the idea of a canceled debt. Way to lose the plot, kids. All right, let's look at this. A senile career grifter is told by his people to take the college debt that people voluntarily subscribed to, voluntarily, which is incidentally something against which the Bible cautions, cautions us to be very cautious if not to avoid debt at all costs. They take out these loans they benefit, you would think, from the loans unless it's they plan poorly. They're lawyers and they're doctors. This career grifter is ordered by his people to sign an unconstitutional illegal action. How do I know that? Because even Nancy Pelosi admits that this is illegal. So there's, let's, we can talk about Romans 13, John Pavlitz, pretend, pretend pastor. We can talk about that. And he takes the debt away from doctors and lawyers and puts it on the backs of people who did not graduate college by definition or who paid off their loans. So number one, it's not debt forgiveness, it's debt shifting. Number two, the loan didn't go away. Other people just have to pay it. I guess it's the same way of saying that. When the Lord Jesus, when the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, made the decision 
And we're to believe Father God made that decision. I know this is confusing. The, the, the triune God is very confusing for some people. Father God made that decision to manifest himself in the form of a little baby. And that little baby was raised by human parents. And the little baby grew into an adult man, the Lord Jesus, who eventually learns. And, and, and my understanding of theology is that he came to a point where he understood, okay, wow, my, my real dad is, is God Almighty. And Joseph has helped raise me. And then began to understand what his true mission was, was going to a cross that he himself was deeply, deeply distressed by. Uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed to the Father, please take this cup from me, and yet not my will, but yours be done. He was so, so distressed that he was described that sometimes as sweating blood. And it's not, it's not quote, just what he was going to go through, which is wildly misunderstood. They didn't just hammer him to a tree and then he died. They tortured him. So part of his distress was that because he was fully human and fully God, he knew what was actually going to happen to him, what they were going to do to him. Um, but there was also that at that point, the sin of the world was being put upon him who had never sinned. So he was then carrying the sin of the world to the cross. And then when he went to the cross and well, he went through the torture and went to the cross and they tried to belittle him um, and they tried to take his self-respect and then he, he died. The body died. The Lord said at that point, I, the creator of all things, all things, heaven and earth, I have decreed that the debt is paid. The debt that Adam incurred on behalf of humankind is paid and that you've continued to accrue through your individual decisions and individual separation from me, the God of the universe. I have decided I cancel the debt that I put on you. Now, it would have been like this. In John Pavlovitz's world, what Jesus Christ did on the cross was to say, I'm going to give all the sin that I'm carrying on my back I'm going to find the, the most innocent people I can who committed the least sin, and I'm going to give it all to you. Shifting. That's not what he did, obviously. And that debt was paid for all of us. Some of us will accept the gift. Some of us won't. Because the exception of accepting the gift of salvation comes with some things that the Lord asks us to do. It, it requires it. One is to admit that we needed the debt paid. That is to admit that we sin. Now, all of this is very elementary to people who are truly in the word and with the Bible, but it is not elementary to people like April or Joy. It is not elementary to the people that they con about this, but that's not the only con. <laughs> the White House Twitter channel, the official White House Twitter channel is engaging in politics by lying to people who are also very susceptible to lies about what these so-called PPP loans were. This was during the time of the selective, medically useless, deadly, politically advantageous lockdowns of schools, churches, and small businesses, all to benefit the party, which was not locked down. Talk about that in a second. It's hilarious. There is a difference in the coffee I drink now than what I've drunk most of my life. And that is that I enjoy it. There's also a difference in the company. I so hope I can get Tim Cruikshank on this program to talk more in more detail about what he has been doing in the background as he's been building bone frog coffee, because this can only be done through the strength of God. What, what he has been dealing with. So I guess I'd asked for prayers for young Alan and I'm asking for prayers for Tim and his family. And I really want him to tell this story. Now that's a side note because I do want to sell coffee for, for, for bone frog coffee. And here's my pitch to you. And it's a pretty simple one. Try it. Take your favorite roast and try it. Now I've had people say, wow, you know, this is a lot more expensive than the stuff at Costco. It is. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> Costco puts stuff in semi-trucks and drives it around. 
This stuff, bonefrogcoffee.us, bonefrog is bonefrog.us. That's the website. Make sure you use the .us is lovingly crafted under the tutelage of a legendary coffee roaster named Dave Stewart. In fact, some of the blends, some of the roasts, Dave makes. Dave started coffee as a phenomenon on Seattle's best coffee, which then Starbucks came along and acquired and then ruined Dave's coffee. So when Tim gets serious about something, he goes after the very best. That makes sense. He's a 25-year Navy veteran and a Navy SEAL. So yeah, he pays attention to details. He's also a physician's assistant. Did you know that? As he's building this company. So my challenge to you is this. If you've not yet done this, try Bonefrog at bonefrog.us where you get a 5% discount on a subscription and balance the costs. There's Costco, there's Fred Meyer, there's Walmart, there's Starbucks, or there's that other coffee company that was started by veterans. And they said, we're about the Second Amendment until Kyle Rittenhouse used his Second Amendment. And then they said, oh, uh, yeah, not that Second Amendment. Yeah, but the, the God Country team on the, on, on the bags of, of, of Bone Frog Coffee isn't going away. I asked him, what if Walmart came and said, we'll sell your coffee, but you got to get rid of the God Country team. Uh, Tim already said, no, nah, it's not negotiable. It's bonefrog.us, bonefrog.us. And incidentally, every bag you purchase does in fact help this program and it helps Tim and it also helps families of fallen Navy SEALs, All right? Bonefrog.us. Here they are selling the bribe. And who steps out to sell the bribe but Susan Rice? Susan Rice, who was paid money to lie about Benghazi. She was the initial liar about Benghazi. This was response to a YouTube video. Lie. Susan Rice. And we just played this last week where she said, oh, no, no one unmasked anybody. First, I've heard of it. And then, well, there may have been some unmasking, but I wasn't involved. And certainly Trump wasn't involved. And, okay, yeah, Trump's people were unmasked, but I didn't have anything to do with it. Then, well, I made the decision to unmask it. Remember that? We went through the evolution of Susan Rice's lies until she finally got to some semblance of the truth. This is that Susan Rice who was involved in helping Hillary Clinton cleanse her server like with a cloth. She's part of the part of the team that runs Joe Biden. They send this woman out as if she is able to persuade anybody. Super quick clip, but you'll get the notion of what she's doing. This is not a giveaway to rich people. This is not uh, any of the things that uh, Republican critics have charged. <laughs> it's literally giving to people with college degrees and putting that debt on the back of people who didn't get college degrees all to benefit Wall Street. How does that benefit Wall Street? Because Wall Street does this. They take a financial product. They commoditize it, make it a product. They sell investments against it. Then they go to government and say, this is too big to fail. Their favorite sort of investment products are the ones already backed by government like mortgages and college loans. This is bailed out Wall Street. It's exactly the thing she says it's not. And then spokesperson of the week, spokesliar of the uh, flavor of the month, spokesliar of the month. I'm done even caring about their individual names. Yes, they're human beings. Yes, they were created by God. Yes, I will pray for them. But why am I even going to bother myself remembering their lives, their names? They're interchangeable liars on behalf of administration. Listen to this interchange. You should say this is how much it's going to cost if everyone who is eligible applies. I, I, I mean, don't have a, I, we just don't have a, a number to share at this time. I look, the secretary, uh, the UN ambassador, the former UN ambassador spoke to this yesterday. We just have to see. It is a process that we just need uh, to take to take a to take a look before we can answer that question. We just don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I'm struggling with, I think some of my colleagues have asked about is. Yeah, you asked the same you, question yesterday. This no, is nothing new, right? You, this is a summary. Oh, okay, but you picked up on what he was saying. But so. I was going to say, if you don't know how much it's going to cost, how can you guarantee that it's going to be paid for, even if you're defining paid for in a way that some of us have questions about? So you <laughs> 
It's comical, except it's not because the reporters are actually, and God bless them for actually asking serious questions, but let's not pretend that there is any concern for cost. We, we, I can play the clip again of, of people with the Fed saying we have infinite amounts of cash. See, the truth is not with them. The more I examine that statement biblically, the more it becomes so clear to me. The truth is not with them. It's not, quote, just the word of God. The truth is not with them. They don't recognize the truth. Now, the Lord Jesus talks of being the good shepherd and that his sheep will recognize his voice. I didn't know this, but in Near Eastern culture, they didn't. They, they often used just their voices to guide their sheep. Shepherds did. But very often, it was just their voice. And the Lord Jesus says, yeah, my, my sheep will recognize my voice. I am the good shepherd. I'm also the gate. And these people not only can't recognize the voice of God, the word of God, they can't recognize it or respect it. They're so far from it that the, the truth has become foreign to them. They've been so consumed by lies. The truth is foreign to them. And, and again, God bless the reporters for saying, but how do you know it's paid for? And the true answer to that is we don't care. We'll conjure money whenever we feel like conjuring money. That's the true answer. We'll do whatever we want to do. In a post-truth society, that's just the way it goes. You do whatever you want to do. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene went on to talk about the so-called college loan forgiveness. And again, I've been saying to Republicans now, because we knew this was coming, the second you use the phrase loan forgiveness, you lose. Because of what the left is able to do with lies and words, because they live in lies, Marjorie Taylor Greene. But for, for our government just to say, you know, okay, well, your debt is completely forgiven. Obviously they have an agenda for that. They need votes in November. So the timing is a pure coincidence there as well, but it's completely unfair. And taxpayers all over the country, taxpayers that never took out a student loan, taxpayers that pay their bills and, and, and you know, maybe even never went to college or just hardworking people, they shouldn't have to pay off the great big student loan debt for, for some college student that piled up massive debt going to some Ivy League school. That's not fair, but for, for our government just to say, you know, okay, well, your debt is completely forgiven. Obviously, they have an agenda for that. Right. Of course they do. And I want to get to the response that the, the party has put out through the White House to using the official White House Twitter channel. But let me just put some detail to what Marjorie just said. Now, she claims that this is all for people who went to big fancy colleges, right? Lord's Tribe. Blue check. Harvard guy. <laughs> A former Harvard professor writes, good news for thousands of my former students. I'm grateful on their behalf, Mr. President. It's about an organization, Harvard, that has $50 billion. They could say, hey, times are tough. We're forgiving this. They, and they could. Because a lot of that money is theirs that they've grifted into their endowments. David Burge, Iowa Hawk, is apparently an atheist because he uses the small G God. He's hilarious. He writes, thank God we're finally addressing the plight of America's most disadvantaged community, Harvard Law graduates. Exactly. It's exactly what Susan Rice said it's not. And Republicans are at least trying to reply to this a little bit. But guys, let me give you a hint. Don't reply to it on your own. You're not believable. Bring in people who didn't graduate college. Have them talk about why they would prefer to not pay the college debt of Harvard law grads. Have them tell the story. Bring them in to testify. Well, the Democrats would have to agree to a committee. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. Do what they did with Sandra Fluck. She was the lady who pretended she couldn't afford birth control so that George Stephanopoulos could trick Mitt Romney into answering the question about is the GOP trying to outlaw condoms and birth control pills? Just do a fake committee like the Democrats do. Un, uh, oh, do it at the gubernatorial level. Have Ron, Ron DeSantis could do this. In fact, I bet DeSantis will. But here's where it gets hilarious. The White House on official channels 
This is the White House Twitter account is politicking. After Marjorie Taylor Greene said this, they wrote, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene had $183,504 in PPP loans forgiven. And again, the false equivalency. Marjorie Taylor Greene's business was shut down by Democrats and party members who decided that it was non-essential. Should she have asked for these loans? I don't think so. I think she should have sued. But to keep her business alive, she took $183,000 of fake money created by the Fed at the behest of BlackRock who wanted this done three years prior to all of this. They do not have truth in them. They are unable to see truth. It's that it's, it's gotten that bad with these folks. That's not a real comparison. And yet they're doing it all over the place. Representative Mike Kelly. Pennsylvania, White House. Congressman Mike Kelly had um, 300 and no, gosh, more than that. Um, $987,237 in PPP loans forgiven. Mike Kelly writes, a Democrat governor declared my family's business non-essential and shut our doors. This money saved over 160 essential jobs in Western Pennsylvania during the pandemic. PPP loans are designed to be forgiven. Student loans are not. Big difference. Terrible ending line. They're not forgiven. They're passed on to others. And incidentally, Mike Kelly and Marjorie Taylor Greene, that money doesn't exist. That money was conjured. That money was put on our backs, the the conjured digits. And I don't think that politicians should have any access to funds like this. I really don't. But I don't think that the government should be in the business of shutting down businesses, causing the problem, and then stepping in to supposedly fix the problem. But that's what they've done. The lesson is this to me in all of this. How far down the path do people get before they can't see truth any longer? And how does this compare to the life of an addict? No, no, no. Think about this. Have you ever known someone tragically, tragically addicted to a behavior that's not necessarily even drugs? Like I've talked about my food addiction I used to have. I think of this. I think of a guy I know who is a very accomplished radio host. And a brilliant man, he's a lovely man, and I don't want to use his name for those reasons. But I remember being in Las Vegas uh, with this gentleman. And at the time, we were all young. And he had almost no money. And he had child support that he wasn't paying. And since then, I hope he pays. And he got to the craps tables. And at the craps tables, he was about $80,000 up. And we saw this. And we went over and said, brother, stop. And the pit boss, of course, doesn't want us doing that. They want their money back. So they warned us to get away from the tables. Or they'll, they'll, they'll move you away from the tables. And sometimes not nicely. So he did, as we were getting moved away from the tables, hey, we'll buy you free dinner. Well, one thing that he liked more than anything else in the world was food. So, okay. So he left. He cashed the chips in. And we went to dinner. And we then said, hey, who's going to watch him? And we were all, we were sharing rooms. That's, you know, young, not a lot of money. He got himself up sometime during the night and he went back downstairs and he lost most of that money. Just gone. No control. And yet, I think he had like 2,000 bucks left over and he said, oh, I'm 2,000 up. Huh. Now, truth be told, when he was walking out of the casino, he put a $5 chip into um, one of the uh, slot machines and won like five grand. And then he said, hey, I'm seven grand up. No, you're not. You are 
$73,000 down. You are six months, not even that. You're a year of child support payment down. You know, that car you drive, which is breaking down, that you think someone tried to bomb, that's your, you have a car, you could purchase a new car. You could pay off your student loans. Have you ever known anyone so addicted to this? See, the truth could not get to him. What? For this. Sometimes the truth hides in plain sight. I mentioned in last hour, my therapist. I once had a conversation with my therapist. And, well, she was my therapist, therefore I had a conversation with her. After my father had died, I was really dealing with the guilt of allowing my dad to live in a hoarder's house, that I had not gone over there and taken initiative and cleaned it out, that my dad lived in a house that, that spoke of hatred for himself. I was really dealing with the guilt of that. And I gave my therapist who was a psychiatrist who no longer practiced. Uh, she didn't um, prescribe pills or anything like that, but she had the degree. So she had the MD. She read my dad's autopsy report. And so we were talking about my dad's death. And Suzanne said this to me. She said, well, you know, your dad was an alcoholic. I said, no, no, my dad was not an alcoholic. She said, Todd, Todd, your dad was an alcoholic. I've read the autopsy. He was an alcoholic. You've told me that sometimes your dad would drink two or three bottles of wine. Well, yeah, but Suzanne, he was, he was, he was big. He was really, Todd, he had cirrhosis of the liver. Yeah, but he took all the ibuprofen. Yes, that's not good for you. Your dad was an alcoholic. Your dad was an alcoholic. And it hit me. All the signs. Medicated himself with alcohol. Never drank in public. Drank secretly. The truth at that point, I couldn't see. Because I loved my father too much. To see it. What does DC love? It's not their father. What's the behaviors they can't get rid of? It's spending money. But it's not because they love their father. Love themselves. Love power. We are literally living in a world where the truth is not with people. And that's Washington, D.C., and that's pharma, and that's academia, and that's tech. And individually, there's people in those professions, those careers, that they can see it, but they won't say it. If you see it, you got to say it. This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate your support. It really helps when you share the show with friends using the podcast app or email. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind. And be mindful that uh, Satan's always working to have us believe lies. Sometimes just the little ones like, you know what? You really don't need to read your Bible today. Yeah, let's always be in the word.